This week, we are joined by Keith Roth, DJ from SiriusXM, Ozzy's Boneyard, Hair Nation. Lots of Kiss talk. He's a big Kiss fan. He's a big rock fan, a big metal fan. We go off on Rolling Stones, and we go off on The Sweet, and we talk all sorts of music, not just Kiss this week. And it's a very cool conversation. It's all about a bunch of guys in a bar talking music. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. You got the two, no, uh, scratch that, back it up. Welcome to another episode of Two Sides of the Coin. (laughs) You you got the two co-hosts that seem to always be here and keep this every week isn't it we're we're keeping this ship afloat not that some of you don't want to sink it but that ain't gonna ever happen we got the soup girl um she's uh she's she's not here today Mm -hmm, and good she mm -hmm. she gives her condolences she had to work tommy who who? Who? (laughs) tommy that's his new name welcome tommy who our (laughs) co-host He's no longer Tommy Sumpter. He's now Tommy who? Who? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh any, able, anyway. Being able you, to you, bust his balls is good. That's anytime I get a chance. Yep. Uh, you got you got Mike and Mark this week. Um we'll we'll get to our special guest really quick here. Um couple things, you know, the word is is out. Kisses U.S. tour is happening. Starting oh, as my August. local guy predicted. <laughs> yep, yep. So you know, if you got your tickets, good for you. If you haven't got your tickets, go out and get them. Um, it's great to see that that Kiss is hitting the road here, at least in the U.S. We don't know what's going on for you know anything past that. You know, the cruise is still supposed to be happening. Australia is still on the books so you know 2021 is shaping up to be good we got kiss back in gear uh let's see oh we need to mention for tommy who tommy and kyle they have got an incredible live auction coming up july 9th bruce kulik is going to be joining both of them in person at tommy's house Bruce is in town apparently for a show the next day. So he's coming in early and he's doing a special auction with Tommy and Kyle from Tommy's house. He's going to have a lot of cool Bruce Kulik stuff, limited edition photos, uh, full details, kiss live auctions, follow Tommy, follow Kyle, check it out on three sides of the coin, Facebook, our page, all the info's out there, but July 9th, put it in your calendars. I think it starts at, 9 p.m. Eastern, I think is the start time. Don't hold me to that. Confirm it first. Um, as Tommy likes to always say, don't wait for the last minute to go join the Kiss Live auctions. Go over there now, join it. So they get your application and they get you approved and you're ready to go. Um, July 9th, Bruce Kulik joining Tommy and Kyle for an incredible Kiss Live auction. Um, A couple quiz kids couple quick kiss things by the time you hear this uh next tuesday we will have seen the kiss documentary 
I may not because I'm flying that day, so I can't make any promises. But uh, yes, 28th and 29th, the Kiss documentary. I am so so looking for. I'm sure you guys have all seen the longer trailer now with the, uh, you know, extended footage. And look, man, I like Kiss. You know, a kid in the candy store. You know, um, and I'm, I mean, a lot of us got these, you know, they're yep. The kiss off the uh, soundboard is, yeah. is out. Everybody's got it now. The tour is going to be starting, you know, uh, another month and a half or so guys, it's shaping up to be a great time to be a kiss fan. Dude, this, this is shaping up to be just a great year. I mean, I was just looking in, in, in the last couple months, I've got new albums from kiss a live album. New studio album from Cheap Trick, a brand new studio album from Sticks that just dropped. Dennis DeYoung just released a brand new album. As you talked about last week, Ted Nugent's going to do a new album. I mean, guys, what 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 freaking year is this? Is this 1978? I mean, can you believe these bands are still releasing music? It's so fucking great. Uh, I I'm look, I'm beside myself um, with with just joy and music and shows are coming back. Buck Cherry's new records coming out the end of this week. Um, my motorhead box set for the live record. No sleep till Hammersmith comes out this week. I'm going to get to go see Buck Cherry in a few weeks. You know, gigs are starting. Um, life is good. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, left for dead can start playing again as soon as the clubs start opening and, it's just, you know, it's, it's like the, uh, what do you, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly, yep, you know, yep, kind of exactly. Opening it's, our... it's like 2021 is going to be Christmas all year. It's just so much great well, stuff. Hold on. Christmas time. Isn't there a book supposed to come out around Christmas? Isn't it shipping in August? No, it's coming in August. Oh, is that what it, if, I saw if, 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 if magic is real, <laughs> there's a book coming in august which would mean he's pretty much done with writing the whole thing now because it would have to go to the printers by next month in order to be printed and ready to ship out in august <laughs> who are we kidding that's never happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw that today i'm like yeah it should be <sighs> look like i said it, we, we, get, get ready in the be... next 30 to 45 days for another update yeah, and then we'll make sure we update it, and you guys can go. Come, all right, can we? You know, the 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 horse is beyond dead and beat. But look, guys, uh, he, over here at Three Sides, we take no joy in this. But you know, after the way we were talked about and treated, it's it's kind of hard to not have a laugh about it every uh, every time it's brought up. I mean, for when, as when, long as this keeps going on at this point, we we can't stop now. I mean, remember we said it's it was going to be a. It wasn't going to be out by Christmas. That was what, 2014? Six, six, <laughs> six, six years ago, people, we said it's not happening. And we were accused of having an agenda and going after him and lying. And we're going to eat those words. And Look, we've said from the beginning, we'll say it again now for the millionth time. If it comes out, I and it's what it's supposed to be. I love to have a copy, but I'm not going to ask you guys to send your money in until it's done, because I wasn't going to send mine in. And that's and, what yeah. got us all in all in the struggle. And, and listen, that mark right there is exactly why we had an issue six years ago. We just said to ourselves, the three of us, 
couldn't spend our own money on this. So it felt wrong to go out and promote and tell all of our listeners to go support this when we wouldn't be able to support it. That was it. That I mean, if 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 that is being a bad person, then I suck. Okay, yeah. I take it. It's no different than when we've had authors on, you know, uh, when we genuinely have somebody on and we've read their book, we tell them exactly what we think. Or if, if they have if they have music out, we tell them what we think. We don't bullshit anybody here. We certainly don't want to bullshit you guys because then I could just imagine, seriously, say we would have not been true to ourselves and told people to invest in it. How many people would have fucking been writing us, hey, assholes. You know, you told me to do this. You said it was going to be great. And now I've lost my money. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if we, we spend our own money and when we spend our own money, we'll tell you what we think. I mean, I spent my own money on off the soundboard. Is the packaging phenomenal? No, but it doesn't need to be. It's supposed to be a bootleg. It's supposed to look like a bootleg. I've seen people who are like, oh, the packaging is lame. Like, dude, oh, is that that's driven me crazy? I'm like, the whole premise is a bootleg. It even says it on the goddamn. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's a series of of official bootlegs that are going to be released. I'm not buying it for the gatefold like Alive 2. I'm buying it because it's fucking Gene Paul Ace and Eric Singer. And it's an incredible show. It sounds great. By the way, I, I held it up a second ago. The uh, that Triumph box set that I got. If you're a fan of Triumph from the early '80s, that the show that there's a live show that uh, comes with the set from Cleveland from '81. Omg! Oh my God! Is this fucking? It just sounds great. Um, I love stuff like that. So, you know, it's just great having. Here we got you know a new live Kiss. I got a new live Triumph. I, you know just it's just so much music out there there's just so much stuff you know we say this over and over and i'll say it again if a band you love is releasing something is still doing something productive and releasing it in 2021 support them please don't don't fucking steal their music i mean that's gonna drive them to not do anything I buy all this vinyl. I bought the vinyl for the Sticks album, the Cheap Trick album. I still listen to it on Spotify, but I bought the vinyl so I could put money in their pockets. Okay. Exactly. If if you don't put money in their pockets, the label's pockets, nothing is happening. They are not going to keep releasing stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's just cool to get a vinyl album. If you're into CDs, great. Go out and get the CD from your favorite artist. Yeah. Or buy the iTunes download if that's what you want. But I bought support both. them. I bought support the CD. Them. Yeah. I mean, look, I bought it not because I'm trying to buy as much. Because No, this is great. goes into my iTunes because I still listen to my iPod. That's how I did this. But when I'm down here in my big music castle down here, I throw the vinyl on. Yeah. I want that vinyl experience. If you don't know what the vinyl experience is now, I, you know, I'm not going to waste my time, but those of you who grew up as we did looking at the liner notes, you know, especially something like this, you know, this big triumph thing with the booklet and uh, you know, there's just so much to it. And 
you don't think I just want to sit in my recliner and go through all the notes? Vinyl is an experience. Yes. It's more than just the music. It's taking it all in. I mean, I my fondest memory of vinyl was Creatures of the Night. When I got home after just buying that, I went up to my bedroom. I still picture it now as I'm talking about it. Went up to my bedroom, my Sanyo all-in-one cassette vinyl radio all-in-one player and my big ass headphones where you know they the way were the big cans and they had the, the curly cord connected to it turned off my bedroom light put that album on put the headphones on and just that the mechanical sound of boom and all you're doing is listening to it. You're not, you know, and then you start pulling the cover out and you're looking at the cover and you're reading stuff. That's the experience. And listen, I love my Spotify because that's a different experience, but each of those is something special. It's, it, it just sucks you into the music. I mean, do it. I mean, if you're a CD person, great. Put your CD in. I encourage you to listen with headphones. So, I mean, you, you hear so much more with headphones and get good headphones if you can, as opposed to little earbuds and yes. little Apple ones, get, get full over ear because that blocks out everything else. Like get a, I've got a great pair of Sony noise canceling Bluetooth headphones. They're like $300 headphones, but oh, when I got those on, they literally cancel out everything else in the world, and it's just the music. That's an experience. Yep, and you can't replicate it. And again, I, you know, I don't know if the younger generation will fully understand. We came from a time when that's how you did it. I mean, you didn't have a choice um, because nobody, for the most part, nobody listened to cassettes at home. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You, yep. you put vinyl on cassettes were for the car you know, for the car for the or, or yeah. when walkman hit that that's yes. what cassettes yes. were but you still you still bought the vinyl and you just recorded the vinyl to your cassette. <laughs> that was what i did i bought my vinyl and i transferred it to my cassettes and that's how i put it in my car but yeah vinyl was always king you know so yep and yep. It's, it's nice that it's uh you know that it's making uh well it's just I don't know, recapturing some of its past glory. And I'm glad to see, I tell you what, I went to record store day, you know, whatever Saturday or, or two ago, a lot of young folks, man, a lot of them really warms my heart. I'm glad they because when you, when you go out and you buy vinyl, I mean, it, you have to work to do it. Yeah. I mean, when you put your CD on for the most part, you don't have to get up. It's, it play, yeah, it just plays from the start of the album to the end of the album without <laughs> interruption. With, with, with like the soundboard one, you got three discs here. Yep. That, mean, that means you're getting up six times. Yeah. Six but, times. Yeah. You know what? I find myself, uh, like I said, this one, you know, like I said, there's not a ton to, to look at, but I'll, I'll grab like an old cream magazine or something. You know what I mean? Just, yep just getting the total music sort of thing and no one bugs me you know i just sit down here and and i'm like the guy in the max l <laughs> yeah no that's the classic commercial yep yeah yep. And, and really that's what it's like down here fortunately i have a great wife who 
realizes that uh, that's my thing. Just so leave him I, alone. He's in the basement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times, um, you know, if it's too loud, because I do turn it up pretty loud. I just love that experience, you know, sitting in. You got to feel up, it. I, I swear to God, I, <laughs> I ended up, uh, I got a chair and that sits private and I got it about 15 feet from the stereo. So I got it right back. I'm right between the speakers and I closed the basement door and I got a nice, well, as you guys can see, I mean, I got a finished basement and everything. And I basically, I want to feel it. And I got my fucking the record in front of me and you have a mini fridge next get, to you. No, I, no, there's nothing down here. I don't even, I don't, I try not to bring anything down here. Just don't. I, I, I just like having all my attention when I'm down here is on music. And I got, even got my, my electric kit down here, you know, at this down, when I'm down here, it's music time. So yep. it, I, I, I love it. So anyways, well, we've got an incredible guest today. Yeah, we are joined by Keith Roth. From SiriusXM, Ozzy's Boneyard, Hair Nation, bunch of bands. I mean, the guy's got some great history. And before you kind of roll your eyes and go, what does this got to do? This guy's a big-ass Kiss fan. He knows mm -hmm. his Kiss. He answers the Vinny question right. He answers it correctly. <clears throat> <laughs> but we also talk a lot about other bands besides Kiss, which makes it so cool. I mean, he is, he's as big a music fan as all of us on this show. And you out there? Yeah, yeah. So give it a listen. We'll see you at the end. Keith Roth from SiriusXM. Want to get your official three sides of the coin logo and Shocker tea? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Hey, Three Sides listeners, viewers, watchers, and haters, because um, we know you haters always listen. Uh, we are really excited this week. We're joined by Keith Roth. And uh, if that name rings a bell, you're a serious XM listener, most likely. You've listened to Ozzy's Boneyard. You've listened to Hair Nation. Um, Keith, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. I've heard nothing but great things about you guys. All my friends love your show. No haters, but you're right. The haters always, you know, they can't live without you. I know. I mean, you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've got the haters on, on, on Sirius XM as well. Uh, you, you, you love them. I mean, if you got haters, that means you're doing something right. Oh, I've got, yeah, I've got haters. I've got stalkers. I've got all kinds. Of, it keeps things interesting. It's fun. You know, exactly. So I realize that I speak directly to them and nobody else. I mean, it's funny. Exactly. Some of the stuff that we, uh, you, you should know exactly what I like. And I don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> and you forgot mentioning a, a guy that's kind of connected to the New York dolls, David Johansson, a guy I've been working with for uh, 20 years at Sirius XM doing his show, the mansion of fun, which has always been a, been a blast. So, so why don't you give us a quick five minute on, on outside of Sirius XM, what have you been doing? What do you do? How do people maybe know you from outside of radio? Um, who's Keith? Uh, a musician and basically uh, in the, in the world that we live in, you know, it always pays to be nice to people because if you jump into the music business as a musician or whatever, you never know who you're going to meet. 
So I had the opportunity of uh, meeting a publicist many years ago that wound up working for Ronnie Wood and Charlie Watts from the Stones. And she had a, an opportunity to start a radio show and thought of me as a co-host. And that's how I got into radio. And I, we started doing a show called Electric Ballroom back in 1998. But I had never aspirations to do radio. But I still play currently in a band. I'm in a band called Frankenstein 3000. We've done eight records. Um, I've played with uh, many people you might have heard of, like David Johansson, uh, Cherie Curry, Annabella Luann, Earl Slick. I do a lot of studio stuff. So, you know, it's it's never a dull moment, shall we say. And 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 of course, you're a KISS fan. I hope if you're if you're here, although we've been we've been accused of bringing people in who are absolute nobodies and have nothing to do with KISS. (laughs) No, no, I'm absolutely a KISS fan, of course. I mean, you know, one of the joyous days of my life was discovering the uh, KISS Alive record. I've had I actually have a few friends that have been with them since the debut record, like even seeing when they opened for Renaissance. But I've loved KISS and, uh, you know, and they're always interesting, you know, outside of the Beatles, they're really the only four guys. And I'm talking about the original guys that everybody knew everybody's name and was aware of, you know, and always, and, and the, the way that people follow them, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a religion and it's, but the, the one thing that this band always did is they had the image and the shtick, but they always backed it up with the music. So you never had a package like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we've always said that for, you know, especially, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced too, but we've all experienced the being in, in high school and, and friends going, kiss sucks, man. They're terrible. They can't play their, their songs are terrible. And, and here we are nearly 50 years later and you don't get to 50 years later if you don't have good songs, period. I mean, with no, no good songs, it doesn't matter how much makeup and how much pyro you have, you will not last. I remember seeing them at the uh, hot in the shade tour. They did a couple club dates and I saw them at the stone pony and they were basically wearing jeans and t-shirts. And uh, I said to myself, you throw everything away and you're watching a great rock and roll band, great musicians, you know, these guys can play their asses off. I mean, Mike Bloomfield, one of the greatest guitar players ever, thought that Ace Freely was amazing. So a lot of enviousness, a lot of jealousy, you know, whatever it is, but this band still keeps us interested 50 years after the fact, as you say. Amen. Well, you know, because you're 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 in radio, you you've been on the media side of things, and we've we've always we've discussed this in past episodes with other people who've come from radio. Um, is is there still the 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 industry industry view of it's Kiss? Come on, man! These guys are not great musicians. They're not the Led Zeppelins of the world. We're not we as in radio aren't going to give them their credit, their, the dues they deserve. Is that still out there? Because we do know that during the eighties and even in the seventies, they were looked down at, Hey, it's just makeup, man. They're not a band. On my end of it. Absolutely not. Because, you know, on Ozzy's Boneyard, we give as much love to kiss as possible. I argue with the powers that be because, you know, I want to hear, you know, dressed to kill. I want to hear everything from uh, even unmasked. I mean, there's so much great stuff there, but you know, they've always been supportive of kiss and my specialty show that I've been doing for years. All those guys have been on the show. So on my end of the things, I don't hear the, you know, the negativeness about it. I've never heard that, but I know it exists. It it, it has existed out there and it probably still does. There's still probably people, I mean, listen, not in satellite though. No, right. Right. You know, the, you know, the old rock and roll hall of fame, they're just, they, they aren't their cup of tea, so they're going to hate them and they're never going to give them the, the, the credit they deserve. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, like you said, the bottom line is great songs and they've always had it. And, you know, those what, first what? six records to me, I mean, the unmasked period went by me. Like, you know, I, did, I didn't appreciate it until I started working on Hair Nation because I hear a lot of it. <laughs> so, I mean, sure, I liked the Lick It Up record because that was interesting. And I, I liked Revenge because I started kind of getting back into them a bit. You know, so those records I knew, but everything in the middle, I've grown to appreciate. I mean, I may have discounted it when I initially heard it. Well, so let's go back to your your beginnings as a Kiss fan. When was it? How old were you? What year? And what you know? What what was it that you dis that made you discover Kiss? Well, first of all, I was in a you know rock and roll, so I was into the Stones and I was into Queen and I was you know, uh, Dap uh, the Dictators, which I read that the Dictators had toured with Kiss, and then uh, working at Yonkers Flea Market as a uh, which I used to work on the weekends, there was a guy that would sell records outside of his van, Chevy van, the whole classic 70s vibe. And uh, he had Kiss Alive and it, that cover always intrigued me. And some friends, you know, were starting to talk about Kiss and uh, one friend of ours had the Dress to Kill record and I loved room service, believe it or not. So I bought a live one and, you know, and hearing rock and roll all night, the live version that was starting to get some legs. And then I took that record home and by the first listen, I'm like, you know, with the booklet, and I'm reading the booklet and I'm going through the record. And I, that was it, man. I was from that moment, I went all the way back and then all the way forward. And I, you know, I pretty much religiously followed them up until Dynasty. <laughs> and and were you one of those when Dynasty hit that it was like, this is like disco? Where are they going here? They've lost their rock and roll edge. Were you in that camp? No, because I grew up in New York and, uh, you know, it was fine to go and buy a Marvin Gaye record along with a Black Sabbath record. I never saw any of that stuff until I moved out of New York City. It was fine to go buy a, a Sly and the Family Stone record or, uh, or a Mahalia Jackson record with an Aerosmith record. So uh, when I moved to New Jersey, yeah, I did start seeing some of that. So, so what was it about the Dynasty era that you started to... Well, I bought the 45 of I was okay. for loving you. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys would know better than me. The flip side was hard times, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that sold me right away. You know, hearing Ace Frehley sing that song, I was like, oh, this is great. And, you know, the Stones had done it. Rod Stewart had done it. So I just thought they're doing what everybody else is doing and doing it equally as good. I thought it was cool. You know, I had no no objections to it. And I thought Dynasty as a whole was a, was a great record. I, I loved it. You know, 2000 man being weaned on the Stones. I, I I love the Stones, but their version's better, man. Come on. It is. Version, you know? <laughs> and I love Satanic Majesty's Request, but that was a great. I wouldn't version. go that far. I'm a huge Stones fan, but I still can't get into that record. It's just. Come on. You don't like the Gumper? <laughs> oh, yeah. That one's still a rough, rough guess. You know, honestly, out of uh, that period, that's the only Stones record that I just, it's just a tough listen, man. I, yeah. I agree, but I, I think I was forced to hear it enough that it, 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 you know, it's almost like we built this city from Starship, even though I, oh boy. I, uh, yeah. I, I despise that more than anything, but I know every lyric I could probably get on a guitar and play that with them if I had to just from hearing it so much. But I mean, um, I don't know. There was, what was on it? 2000 light years from home was on there. Yes. That's on there. Citadel, um, which is a great song. Was uh, Rainbow on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's on that. Um, yeah. okay. so, again, that's not one that I get a ton of, uh, you know, it's it's no exile. Let's just say that it's no, no sticky it's fingers. No. But, but so. I know it's a Kiss show, but my favorite Stones record of all time is Beggar's Banquet. Hey, don't don't worry. You can go off Kiss topic all you want. We do it all the time because, you know, all yeah. of us on this show are just big rock and metal fans. So, I mean, some, I, some I even said on, 
I even said, even on this show, I've said before, if I had to go to a desert island with one band's catalog, it'd be the Stones. Wow. All right. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, again, I absolutely love the Rolling Stones. And people go, I thought Kiss, no, Kiss is my favorite band, but put yourself in that position. If you had to have one catalog, the Stones touch everything from gospel to country to, I don't want to sit, I always joke, I'm like, lasagna is my favorite food in the world. But if I had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, <laughs> it wouldn't be. And the Stones catalog is so diverse, truly diverse. And uh, I might even, hell, I might even like some of Satanic <laughs> by the time I was all done. Well, we, we named three songs that you liked. I mean, but you, you look at that run of records from, uh, what was it, Beggar's Banquet, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, and Exile. I mean, those are four of the greatest rock records ever done consecutively like that. That was mind blowing, you know, but yeah, I, and, you know, even keeping going, look, black and blue and black then and uh, blue. some girls, I, I tell you, some girls for me, cause I'm, I'm, I'm 56, you know, okay. that came out in 78 and that was like my stones. You know what I mean? It right. was, it was, it was like so important because it was new at the time. I and it was punk rock. It really was. Well, I, I tell people, I'm glad you said that because I tell people, boy, was he ever influenced by punk during that, you know, just the guitar playing it. But also, though, too, you touched on it. Miss You was a great groove dance tune. I mean, they had tons of them. You know, and that's, Bill, and that's really Bill Wyman playing bass. A lot of people said, oh, that's not Bill. That's not his style. He's playing, you know, the eighth notes and doing that's Bill Wyman playing every note. It just shows you how great of a bass player is and to adapt to that whole style of playing and really laying down a bass groove that a lot of people sampled and copied you know i mean they were they were they were amazing and that and that started like you said for people you know our age that next chapter you know people came in with some girls and then they got uh what was an emotional rescue after that and then tattoo you which was a big album well that but tattoo you is put it this way because i always have to do this on the show for those of you who don't know tattoo you wasn't it is it I, I, here's here's where I sometimes get in trouble because I, I I don't remember exactly, but like a lot of that was a rehash that they went in. I, I, was it Exile? The Exile sessions? Some of it, right? A yeah, lot of and, just and, leftovers. Yeah, correct. Leftovers. And, and, the, yeah. and they put that shit together and you know reworked songs from old song ideas, but very much like how Van Halen did on their very last Eddie you know record, uh, which oh, I absolutely, absolutely love too. Different kind of truth, right? Oh my God, is that album great? It's a, it's I, I can't great believe album. that some people poo 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 that. That album's fucking incredible. It's 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 amazing because you know they're smart enough to know like, hey, all right, you know, we're in our sixties at this point, right, or late fifties at that point. Like, we can't think the way we did, so let's go back and listen to it. And, and I thought it was a great record, and I thought Wolfgang sounded great on it. You know, the band was on fire, and uh, you know, I agree with you. Different. Uh, be happy that they we have it. You know, instead of not having it, that's the way I look at it. Well, I, I those mean, you songs, guys, well, you guys, uh, you guys uh, have you heard any of the interviews I've done with Kiss on like any of the serious stuff? Um, oh, I'm sure I have. Although I got to admit, Keith, I and I jumped ship a few years back. Um, no, I hear you. Oh, look, as soon as Howard got a vagina, vagina, I left. I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Boy, he's changed. I'm just man. listening. I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. I mean, um, I was just saying because me and Gene were talking about the Stones, and I my point to him was like, I'd rather hear anything but rock and roll all night to, to close a show. If you if you're gonna give me that last song, there's a million other ones I could pick. And then he and I and I said to him going to a Stone show, and he was going way deep 
in picking tunes. Like he really knows the Stones catalog. And then, and I, and he said, well, I would love to go see the Stones if they were doing this, this, and this. And then I said to him, well, um, would you bring me? He goes, I'm straight. I'm sorry. You know, but, <laughs> but you know, he gets it. They get it as fans, but you know, that, that magic show that we'd like to see the Stones do or Kiss do. I mean, how do, how do you guys feel about that? Oh. I mean, rock and roll all night or anything else? I mean, here, here's, here's what, what I've said many times. I'm like, I challenge Kiss to open the show with rock and roll all night. Get it out of the way? Get, well, not just get it out of the way, but as a Kiss fan, it will throw, your head will spin when they do that. And think of it this way. Right now, rock and roll all night is what they build towards. That's the peak of the show. So come out opening at that level and see if they can go even higher. Right. See how, how would you end the show? If you opened with rock and roll all night, how can you get that show to keep going upwards to end with something else? I mean, what was it? The crazy nights tour they opened with love gun. I think. Yes, it was. I mean, that, that, that was just like, Holy crap. Did that just, as a fan, I was like, that just, it's a song I don't need to hear over and over again, but because you did it there, mm -hmm. it totally worked. I, I don't know if I saw that tour. What year was Crazy Nights? That would have been 87, 87 88. That wasn't when Wasp was playing with them, right? No, no. That would have been that the was tour before. Tour before. Okay. All right. So I didn't see that tour. Crazy Nights was uh, Anthrax and Ted Nugent. Okay. With you, with you, because obviously here, in, I'm in Detroit. Obviously, oh, Ted's not opening for My favorite here. place for rock and roll. Thank you. It, it really is. Um, we had Helix, maybe? Yeah, could be. Remember. Helix? We were good. I enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, but, um... but I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, to some extent, it's like, all right. I mean, here, this actually happened to me. This was back in 2008 I went and saw Kiss took my then my wife who was then my girlfriend to go see Kiss and I actually left the show after before the encore started because we were it was a show out in the middle of nowhere it was like a two-lane road in and out and traffic was going to be a bitch and I'm like I don't want to sit in traffic for two hours getting out of here <laughs> I know exactly what's coming on this Kiss show I know the next three songs, the effects, everything. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And, you know, yeah, do I need to hear rock and roll all night as the final song? Dude, I know. I know it's coming. It's not going to be surprised. There's nothing you're going to do to shock me with that. How, how about if they close the show with like, is that you? Dude, that that would floor me. I, again, that would be great, right? You know, it might not be the song I would pick, but I don't care because to me, part of what, you know, that set list discussion that every fan has with every band of like, oh, don't play this, the hits. We want all the deep cuts. It's like, well, we know that's what the fans want, but the casuals want to go and listen to the hits. I mean, and I'm sure you get that probably on on, on radio. It's like if people are... And calling in, emailing in with what they want to hear. Most of the time, they're probably playing. They're asking for the 
the core songs that it's like, God, do I have to play Love Gun again and again and again? But that's what the people want to hear. Paranoid, you shook me all night long. I mean, look, great song, yeah. but people want to hear it. I mean, and you know, they can hear it every day. I mean, yep. that, they could keep keep that's that's always surprised me on the ultimate sinner thing. Mm-hmm. When people they get to and they do crazy train and then parent, I'm like, um, uh, that's the beauty of that <laughs> of that of that of that feature because you could play whatever you want. You could play UFO. You could go as deep as you want. I mean, you know, you I want to hear riot. Too. You know, you know what I mean. It's it's like I want to hear yeah. the stuff that they're. That's it's the whole thing. It's like that ultimate sinners thing. I'm like, shouldn't you play? Be playing? I would think. That so would do be it, man. Come on. You could do it on your phone. You say your name, where you're from, uh, <laughs> and then name the tunes, and then you send it to Sean the Butcher and at Ultimate Center, and, and they'll play on there. I mean, that's the beauty of that. I always encourage people to do it because I want to hear Riot. I want to hear Swords and Tequila. I want to hear Outlaw. I mean, that's one of my favorite records of all time. Oh, isn't it? Oh, God. Outlaw. Higher Down Under? Not... It's the best. Oh, and, oh, the best. insane great. That band should be a top of the pops. That should be a band that, you know, that, that the world should be well aware of who they are. I, uh, Narita, I, all this was great. Narita Rock was City. Great. I, 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 I'm with you, man. I don't, I don't know how they didn't hit. That's one of those bands I was just like, uh, how did this had not happen? Had everything. Yeah. You know, musically, uh, the songs, great records. You know, nothing to cherry pick. Another great band, but you know, look, we're the minority. I mean, if we yep. if, if we uh, if they played "Is That You" to end the show, we'd be the last three guys in the stands. Watching. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. I and I totally get that. And we've had many many discussions where we're like, let's just not even go down the the set list discussion here because guess what? Every single fan out there has got a different set list they want to hear. And the band will never be, and I'm not talking Kiss, but no band will ever make every single fan happy with the set list. So if you're going to have to play those songs, mix it up, do it a little differently, place it different in the set, because that's what, you know, Hot in the Shade tour freaking opened with i stole your love i mean that was i saw that tour that That was was a jaw-dropping moment for kiss fans going holy crap not only haven't we heard the song but they're opening with it but but mike and and keith if did you guys see the last judas priest tour i I mean they they i mean they were they did stuff like uh saints in hell i mean they were bringing back just talk about deep cuts and I, a friend of mine went to a show and I looked it up. I can't remember exactly what city, but they didn't even do, you got another thing coming. You know what See, I mean? That, that, that's a cool thing. I mean, Saints in Hell. I mean, that's my favorite Judas Priest record. I think and, oh, it's, it's a stained class. Stained class. But you see, there's a group of us that all think the same way because like, you know, most people would say Screaming for Vengeance, right? Or British Steel. I would say, uh, you know, stained class or, uh, or hell sad wings, mother. sad yeah. wings. I mean, and there's a group of us and I think Turbo. Turbo. <laughs> that was a great tour. Oh boy. Look at the time. Mark. I know Mark, 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 Mark is like, Oh God, do we have to go down this Keith, turbo? Keith discussion? And I will continue this discussion. <laughs> turbo, a great tour and bad outfits. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Know. I, I, I will. I was just looking at something on Facebook today. Somebody in some group posted a bunch of photos from the turbo tour. And I'm like, yeah, those outfits didn't work. I, I, I love, part. I love the album. The outfits just, Went 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 too far for Judas Priest. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, you know, I, I've worked with Tom Allen. You know, we did a record with him back in the early 90s. And as kids, we were always, you know, because he engineered the first three Sabbath records. And he said flat out that, the, you know, um, that Rob Halford, like a lot of that stuff was one take stuff. He was just incredible. And, you know, the Unleashed in the East, uh, and mm. he on the Turbo record when they were using the synth guitars and they were figuring it out as they went, as they completed stuff, then they moved on to the next thing. So they were literally learning how to play that style of uh, you know that style of a guitar as they went through the record it was pretty interesting how they um those guys are just super i mean you, whether, whether people like it or not i give bands credit for doing that because that was you know that was stepping out of judas priest comfort zone they were That's experimenting the they were trying trying different things and and listen if if you're a band like kiss or judas priest you know I got to imagine you get bored doing the same thing over and over again. And well, as a musician, you want to try and expand and Hey, let's try some synthesizer. Maybe well, it works. The, maybe it doesn't. The kiss analogy to all this is that we would not have had the heaviness and ball bombasticness. If that's even a word of creatures of the night without unmasked, unmasked and without, you know, the elder. I mean, they finally went, Oh fuck, this is what our fans like. And they started playing. And it's the same thing with Judas priest after turbo and they ram it down and then painkiller. I mean, they were like back baby. That's, that's what Judas priest to me is. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a, a progression. You know what I mean? They went and they did try things. Speaking of turbo, the, you know, the thing that I didn't like most about that was, you know, the electronic drums, it just, it took away from, you know, from it took the heart out of it. Yeah, I, I, it really knew them. I, I got to say that I, I loved Dave Holland and Judas Priest. Mm -hmm, me too. Be, you know, because I know Scott Travis is a freak of a drummer. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. But the way that they were so over the top in their playing that they needed something basic behind them. And I thought Dave Holland brought that to him. I mean, like, I know you mentioned those records. I, I mean, sure, there's good things about Painkiller, but I feel like they never made a record as good as like Screaming for Vengeance or Defenders after that, just for the fact that they forgot, like th that there was so much diversity on the record. Like even like, you know, some of the more rock and roll stuff or the uh, mid-tempo stuff. Like I think Point Entry was a good example of that. Like some of the deeper cuts, like Troubleshooter. Oh, Solar Angels, man. Solar oh, Angels. That, that was the best tour I ever saw. I saw them on the Point Entry tour and they opened with Solar Angels. Uh, yes. I was a little kid with Iron Maiden. I thought yep. that out of all the tours I saw at Priest, but Dave Holland, you know, he was just four to the floor, like a Charlie Watts kind of dude. And it, and it worked really well with Priest. Well, he was pretty technical too. I mean, he, that guy, I, I, I'm a drummer. I, 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 he's got some oh, incredible he's got chops. chops too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and before him, Les Binks was just a. He was perfect know, too. Yeah. yeah he was badass. An incredible timekeeper and an incredible incredible drummer but i will tell you i i think the record that doesn't get the attention in the priest catalog is angel of retribution um i it's oh yeah oh, what's the what's the one with uh judas rising on that yes that's the one yeah, yeah, that is a really I, good record yeah um because you know what's it uh out demon out what's the what's the name of that i'm just drawing a fucking blank on the titles i should have we should have i should have boned up on my pre-stuff but certainly know all the songs just can't it was a kiss show it. right so yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> but yeah i mean all all just uh all this great stuff so anyway. well keith, keith you know what do you are, name some bands that have been around 30 40 50 years where more recent albums still capture the feel the vibe the energy 
of early albums in their career. Because, you know, we, we, we know that most bands, it's, you know, the, you got your whole life to record your debut album. Then you got six months for album number two. And at some point, and it's usually in a band's career when success hits, that their sound changes, the vibe changes, you know, or, you know, when, you, when, when you're 20 years old, craving to become a rock star, a superstar, rich, and you're hungry, you write different songs than when you're 50 years old living in a mansion in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I mean, you can't get your brain back to that time you were hungry. Are there any bands that you can think of that have been able to do it? Only the New York Dolls, in honesty. I mean, I know that you know those two records are iconic, and then they took all those years off, and they came back and made a record called One Day It'll Please Us to Remember Even This. And I think that was the only record. I think that's the record that the fans always wanted from them because it, it was like it just really rocked, and all the songs were great. But as far as like the bands, you know, I mean, maybe a little favoritism and then the Kiss Connection. I worked with Punky Meadows, you know, I played in his band when he did that Fallen Angel record. And I think that that record is as good as any Angel record they ever made. And that, you know, so, I mean, the last Angel record I thought was great. I mean, I thought it was as good as all the other stuff that they've done. Um, but off the top of my head, as I'm looking around and seeing if I could find anything, the only guy I could think of that always was able to consistently outdo himself was David Bowie. I thought David Bowie's last record, Black Star, was in his top five records that he ever made in his career. I mean, it was like, he basically said farewell. Here, here's my record. And it's just such an amazing record that it it's hard to even listen to it because the guy is dying and he gave the, his fans a parting gift. That's the only, as a, his last record, I think... And I'll argue with anybody. I think it's as good as anything he's done in his career. Do you, th do you think part of the problem is that, especially in the hard rock, heavy metal genre, you know, we're used to bands singing about partying and women <laughs> and doing drugs. And Meanwhile, I'm 75 years old. And yeah, I'm, uh, now, now, now you're pushing 70 years old and you've got yeah. three kids and you, you, you fly it. You know, you're no longer looking for the groupies. You want to hop on your private jet and get home to your kids. Right. You know, is that what the problem is with hard rock and metal that these artists i mean listen i think motley it's crew, our age can too. motley Crue still be bad boys i mean i no. don't know no no i mean i think also the timeline of when we were growing up and we heard this stuff i mean those are those glorious days of discovering things of girls or drugs or whatever you were doing and it's that timeline of like all those great memories of youth those songs are embedded. So maybe there's the kid that grew up with Sonic Boom for some reason, him and his buddies were, they went to the keg party and uh, you know they had these great experiences and Sonic Boom was part of the soundtrack. Maybe they'd feel that way about it. I think it's just the timeline we were in and you know when that music was coming out. The 70s, no, no, you're 100% right. I mean, Mark, Mark is famous on the show for saying timeline is everything. You, yeah. it's when, because we, we get this from our listeners all the time. We get listeners who are like, well, here, you know, um, Andy from Black Veil Brides, huge Kiss fan. He didn't discover Kiss until the Revenge album. That's amazing. That, that's when he discovered it. So that was his moment. And I think for older Kiss fans who discovered Kiss in the 70s, we, we, we look down at that sometimes going, oh, my God, you're just that's when you, you know, or I constantly get my first Kiss tour was the Crazy Nights album, the Crazy Nights tour. And it's like. Oh, you know, great. I get it. But I think we 
as the older fans need to sit back and go, oh, wait a second. They're having the moment I had when it was 1976. Exactly. Exactly. You know, let I mean, them have that moment. My first show ever I saw was Zeppelin 77. I was oh. eight, eight years old. I have a older brothers and my middle brother got stuck because he went to see them all every night. But my parents had to go to a wedding in Long Island. And my father gave the warning in February that in June this night, and he's like, I'm going to fucking see Led Zeppelin. He goes, I don't care where you go, but you're taking him with you. And I went to go see Zeppelin and uh, that was amazing. But the first Kiss show for me was actually Dynasty. I saw them with uh, New England opening up for them at the Garden and they were great, you know. And speaking of memories, I just had that memory of seeing Phantom of the Park running home and, uh, you know, watching. I think it was on a Friday night or something. And uh, I love the film. I still love the film, you know. But if you tell anybody else who didn't grow up in that timeline to sit through that movie, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll confess to the killing Kennedy to have to watch it after a while, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's funny. I mean, especially when Kiss has done all of these dancing with the stars and, and all, you know, all of these, these Fox network TV shows where, 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 you know, American Idol, whatever it is, as an older fan, I sit there and just roll my eyes and go, oh, this is just so disgusting to see. <laughs> but then, my moment for Kiss was in 1976, the Paul Lind Halloween special. I remember it like yesterday. And I go back and I'll watch that once a year or so. And I look at it now and I go, oh, my God, this Paul Lind Halloween special is as bad as Dancing with the Stars. If you look at it for what was going on, truly, it's terrible. But well, Kiss was badass on that. But, but that's the whole point. You know, timeline, again... I was 12 years old and mm -hmm. I was jaw dropped going, I had no idea what lip syncing was. I hadn't, I didn't even see the dancers. I was just like, what is this amazing freaking band that I'm oh, that, So that's how, you, that's how you discovered them. That's that, how that, that was my big kiss moment. That was my Beatles moment was kiss on the Paul oh, and Halloween special. And it was also the woman from uh, Wizard of Oz was on there, right? That played the witch. Yeah. Uh, the, she was on the, there. the the Wicked Witch from the Wizard of Oz. Um, Witchy Poo from Witchy Poo. Poo was on there. From Puffin Stone. Um, um, Pinky right, Tuscadero. Right. Oh, hot Roz Kelly. Roz was yeah, on yeah. there. I almost said course, Susie Quattro. And and of course and, and of course Paul Lind, who back then Paul Lind was on everything, you know, Match Game and Hollywood Squares and everything else. So. It had everything, but you look at it now and you're like, oh my God, the acting is freaking terrible. The <laughs> lip syncing is terrible. The dancers are, it's just, it's hideous, but it was a moment right. that fit your timeline. And if you're a 12 year old kid who just saw a kiss for the first time, closing out American Idol, and that's your moment, God bless you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like when you were mentioning about the uh, the guy from Black Veil Brides, you said, right? You know, yeah. from the Revenge. Andy. And, and, and Chris Jericho. Like Same he, thing. Chris right? is an 80s Kiss fan. I think it was like, you know, Crazy Nights or something like yep. that, that he got, you know, infected by them. So it's, you know, who are we to say? You know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I want to, I, when I saw them at the Whiskey, when they did that show at the Whiskey, uh, I guess a couple of marches ago, mm -hmm. <clears throat> me and Tom Morello hosted it. And we were both like two 12 year old kids because that was the last time that I had that much, like, you know, a lot of it's a gig, you know, so you get a little jaded, but it's like, then when the moment came and, and they went on, that brought me back to being, you know, 
10 years old in 1977 or 78 and seeing that you know they they still had the magic to do that yeah agreed that's a cool show that was a cool show did you guys go no 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 i wish i could have i'm sure you you have the means to see it and and have it somehow right you know oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, of course yeah it's like the grateful dead kiss fans have access to everything you know we 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 know where to track it all down of course course. yeah i mean we we're, we're always talking about especially because we are older kiss fans um how great it is that kiss can make you feel 12 years old again i mean i went to the end of the road tour here in uh oakland california just before quarantine shut things down last year and that's how i felt you know i was just sitting there smiling ear to ear and uh, you know and i'll give david lee roth some credit i mean david lee roth opening the show was just like holy crap as a as a 70s and 80s rocker there was nothing better than david lee roth opening for kiss that was like van halen and kiss touring yeah yeah and and i just had goosebumps i felt like a little kid remembering all of the great moments both of those incredible artists have given me over the decades and that was a great choice that, bringing him out, right? It, it really oh, was. Sure. You I mean, I'm, I'm sad to see he's not going to be um, opening for them when they. Oh, he's the not. Road. No, he's not. Opening he's off the part. tour. He's off the tour. I don't know why and I don't know who it's going to be. Mm. But that I was, was looking forward to seeing that because they never made it into the New York area. Oh, so dude, uh, it was I mean, listen, I, I know it's not David Lee Roth from the 1970s, but he makes you feel like that. I mean, he makes me feel like when I saw Van Halen in 1981. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair was, warning tour, right? Yeah, yeah, the fair warning yeah. tour. I mean, to me, that was just like mind blowing. That was as mind blowing as a Kiss concert seeing Van Halen in '81. That was monstrous. I'm kind of bummed because I was looking forward to seeing it, and. Um... You know, because of Dave, I mean, you know, a big part of it, because I've seen a lot of Kiss and sure, I was, I I have to see him on the end of the road tour, because I really do believe that this is the last one. I really honestly believe that this is it. Like, you know, just from discussions that I've had with Paul and whatnot, like, I think Paul's all about the, uh, you know, the Soul Station and, and other things, you know, moving forward. So you know, they had me fooled on the, uh, the Psycho Circus thing. Farewell tour, right. But I really honestly believe that this this is the end. And, uh, I, and you I, know, and I, I, I was I was working with Kiss during the farewell tour because I, I built their website and was out on the road with them through all of that. I truly believe that when that tour started, it was going to be the end because the tensions within the band and the original four were bad. When that tour started, it was bad. And by the end of the tour, it was just gone. There was no magic. I tell people I was at the I was at the last show in the U.S. And when that show was over, Peter and Ace came out of the dressing room, walked out that door. Gene and Paul came out, walked out that door. There was no, hey guys, great special moment. It was just we walked and parted our separate ways. And hmm. I think it was intended to be over until paul realized i'm not gonna let one guy peter end this band that i'm actually still having a great time with i get that but i do i do believe this is now truly the end for no simple reason other than 
they're too old to keep doing this age is finally caught up with with gene and paul i mean i mean uh well gene's in his 70s right paul's knocking on the door and uh yeah i mean how much longer can you do it Uh, paul's literally destroyed his body i mean he's had every freaking joint and part in him to uh to rock and roll yeah exactly so you know, I do think it is over with this, but, you know, one of the things Paul has said recently in an interview, and I'd love to get your feeling on it, is he thinks Kiss can continue without Gene and Paul. He thinks the band Kiss is bigger than anybody who was in the band. What do you think? I disagree. I completely disagree. I, and I love Paul Stanley. And, uh, you know, I've at 99% of the stuff that he's says I, I generally agree with him because he he's the real deal i mean you know he he's about the music he he you know when there was a point when gene was doing the hollywood movies and all that stuff he still you know stayed on board and try to keep that ship rolling through it i don't think so because uh you know you could see the numbers of people you know kind of dwindling throughout the years and like gene and paul yes as long as those guys are there they'll always be getting away with it I mean, would you go to an arena to see like, and and no disrespect to Thayer or Eric Singer or those guys, but two other guys doing what they're doing? I don't know. I, I well, really... you know, and I we get this asked a lot by the Kiss fans, and my if my Paul's feeling there by himself, yes. If just Paul's there, even if Gene or or vice versa, I I still think they could figure out a way to make it happen. But without those two, no, I would say no. I I think what will continue i think they will attempt to continue without gene and paul first of all no doubt i have no doubt about that i also think they are smart enough to realize it will not continue at the level it is right now meaning they can't they will not be able to do arenas and stadiums with four new guys it will become a smaller production show entity you know does it play to two or 3,000 people instead of 10 to 12,000 plus people. I think it's um, more like a rock of ages, Broadway. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, three, 400 people a night, every night, seven, 14 shows a week, two shows. Yeah, that kind of stuff, I think it would roll too, but you know. And we, and, and t- we talked about it maybe having almost like a blue man group sort of thing. One in on the West Coast, one in the East Coast, maybe one in Orlando, um, you know, where in each one could maybe one would do the early years one would do the you know the dynasty era dynasty one would, era one would be the unmasked era one would be you know, what 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 you know they could have a half a dozen of these kiss bands around the world playing residencies residencies at major casinos because you know and they can casi- switch and yep. they can switch cities right. so you know you'd have the destroyer one with one residency for three months and then that one would move to Orlando and the other one would move up to, you know, New York city or whatever have you. I mean, I can see, you're right. I can see something along those lines, but as, remember, is it- uh, there was talks that you guys probably heard this, that, you know, like say the beacon theater, for example, of doing a night of every record, like cheap trick had done that with their first album. Oh, I, I saw that was great. Three nights, man. I saw that in color heaven tonight. And, uh, yep. and the first one, right. I mean, three of the greatest records right there in a row. Mm-hmm. And, huge cheap trick fan as a matter of fact there was a time in my life when you were talking about defending kiss kiss and cheap trick you know you had a you were getting into brawls with people because <laughs> oh they yeah. didn't want anything to do with either one of those bands and like so being yep. a cheap trick fan and a kiss fan there was a lot of shit to deal with but yeah, i stuck you know both I, of I i took at that shit when i was in high school <laughs> because you know after after dream police cheap trick fell very quickly out of favor 
yeah they were uncool. quickly they were about as uncool as uncool and then you were a kiss fan on top of that it it i i joke but it was serious I would have to stop and think in the morning. It's like, do I want to wear my kiss t-shirt to school today? Because I'm going to take so much fucking heat for wearing a kiss t-shirt. But as a member of the kiss army, it's like, F you, I'm coming to school in my dynasty t-shirt. Good for you, man. I mean, you know, after dynasty, that's what had happened for kiss too. Right. It was after that one. I lost, I, you know, I, I never bought on Matt. I followed him through dynasty, you know, and then I kind of lost it. And then remember coming home one night, feeling pretty good, watching MTV, it was like three in the morning and I saw the video for I Love It Loud. And I was like, whoa, this is great, man. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I went the next day and I was like, I got it. And then I, I love that album, you know, Creatures Me of the too. Night. And then I went back and then I bought Unmasked, which I love that record too. And I thought The Elder was brilliant. You know, I, I mean, I, I, for the whole concept of it, I, I wish it would have been a film, but there's something about Just a Boy and, um, you know, uh, Dark Knight. Those are great records looking back. I'm glad I kind of missed it when I did, but the shit that we used to take. Uh, it's, it, you know, again, back to that timeline, it's easier to like that stuff going backwards. Yes, it is. As opposed to, like, we, we Mark and I talk all the time, you know, when when the elder came out when unmasked came out it was hard as hell to be a loyal kiss fan at that point in time because not only was the kiss army deserting the band everything media wise was deserting the band it was it was just i mean and sadly as great as creatures was it was still viewed as oh that's just that guy there it's just the makeup they can't play because they didn't get, even do a new york city show for that man like you know new york their, their, their hometown they didn't have one gig booked in new york because i was yep. like oh, we got to go see kiss you know with this great record man and they never came around to new york it was unbelievable they didn't it, come it, back it, it was it was it was uh, creatures was such a a good and bad time because as kiss fans we were like fuck yes they're back they're kicking mm-hmm. ass. This is as metal as metal gets. But nobody was paying attention to them because they were now just literally, it's just makeup. It's just a show. And and as, as somebody in radio, you'll get a kick out of this. I share this story all the time. When Lick It Up came out, I called KQRS, the big rock station in Minneapolis that I grew up listening to. And I was I like- I love that station. I was just like, oh man, that lick it up song who is that that's fucking great and the dj goes that's kiss man they took their makeup off they they sound great now mm-hmm. and i was just like you know i was just like fuck you <laughs> you know the makeup had nothing to do with it go back and listen to creatures of the night it's mm-hmm. an even better record yeah, but- it is better but i say lick it up was really really good and that's when uh people like re-accepted them from it they had i think they were forced to do that at that point i always got a kick out of though when jj jackson you know and it's like you didn't know who they were even with the little uh you know name card in front of them but it seemed like vinnie vincent had the most to say like that you know he kind of annoys me in the sense that like the guy's been in the band for 30 seconds and he's like oh i can't go out in the streets now i i I mean the the guy is in the no one even knew who you 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 were before this or whatever there's no history there you know yeah no i i can tell you as a kiss fan and, and no disrespect to Vinny or Eric Carr, I didn't care about seeing those two guys unmasked. Right. It was all about seeing Gene and Paul without makeup on for the first time. That was all that mattered. The other two guys, okay, yeah, you've only been in it for one album, two albums. It's not a big deal. It's right. just not. But for Gene and Paul, it was a big deal. And you it know, was, and then, it was a huge know, deal. 
I mean, and, you know, I've gotten to know Ace and I was very close with Ace for a while. And as a matter of fact, rumor has it that the last night he drank was when he came to see my band at Don Hills. And, um, you know, I've never had the balls to ask him that because, I, you know, because he's been he's been clean and sober for so many years now. But, you know, he he was it was in a great mood that night. It was a lot of fans and he was taking pictures with people. And uh, apparently that was the last night he drank. But, um, you know, seeing Ace for the first time at Lemoore's in Brooklyn before he put out that record, you know, that was the first time I saw him literally on stage without the makeup. And by the way, they were amazing when they had, you know, Richie in the band and uh, Mark Regan and Todd uh, Howard. John Regan. John Regan and, yeah. <clears throat> oh, Mark Regan is the guy that runs our record label. Hey, Mark. Uh, John <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. John Regan and um, Richie Scarlett, who's a dear friend and, uh, you know, not meaning to name drop. I, I forgot who was playing drums. Um, was it Sandy? Sandy Slate? No, hold on. The very beginning. This is before the record even came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were doing like, was it audio video then? And they were playing some songs that weren't. That was with Rich. Todd wasn't in that band. The the very beginning. Oh, no, no, you're right. It was it was Richie Scarlett. It, it was, was just... John Regan. Right. Yeah. I can't remember who was playing. Maybe Anton? No, no, Anton never did the live stuff with him, did he? I, um, I don't know. I was almost going to say those very early shows. Maybe it was Anton. It was. It was eighty-five. I remember it was eighty-five. And but but the songs came across so good that I remember when I bought the record when it finally came out. I guess 87, 86, the, 87. Uh, 87. Like I remembered all the tunes from seeing that show, and it was really interesting to see Ace without the makeup because I had never seen him before. That that was one of the highlights of going to the show. Like you mentioned about Gene and Paul on uh, MTV. Yep. So Keith, I know you you got to run in a couple minutes here. Yeah, I got like I'm watching my phone, so I got like five more minutes. All right. So we got we you you're definitely worthy of the question. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. So, do you think? Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss. Honestly, no, yeah. no. Yes. All right, good job, man. No, no, I think they would have figured out. Those guys are great songwriters, man. You know, guitar players. I mean, I love guitar players, but they're a dime a dozen. I mean, they they would have figured it out. They would have written something, uh, or they came up with something. A lot of guys could have done that gig. It was Gene I, and Paul. I mean, oh, no, but my my argument has always been, Keith, the reason that. I think he saved Kiss, and I'm not saying that he's the be-all, end-all, but I'm just saying he, they needed a hit single, and they needed one now. They needed something. He, I mean, lick it up. He wrote eight of the ten songs. I mean, you take his eight songwriting credits away, what would that record have been? All right, now you guys are deep. Did he write the melodies to those songs, or did he just come up with the chord progressions? Because to me... Look we, it up. We, it's all about that, that, that that's a good question because I don't think we actually really know the extent of how much of each song he wrote versus Gene versus Paul. I mean, right, there's this, no there's this, no denying Vinny is a incredible songwriter and yeah. he uh, wrote yeah. great songs with Kiss. But I personally feel like that's because he had Gene and Paul restraining him. Because you look at what he released on the Vinnie Vincent invasion, that's way different than what he did with Creatures and Lick It Up. And I think the factor is Gene and Paul going, tone it down, bring it back. We're going this way. This is a good song. No, I, I never heard those records. I'll be honest with you. Are they good? Mm, you know, I, 
the Vinnie Vincent invasion stuff I describe as, hey, you want to listen to a bumblebee going a million miles an hour? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you I, go. I, I'm not a fan of that. You know, less is I'm, I'm not a fan of his solo stuff, but I'm a big fan of what he did in the band. I am yeah. too. So but much he, so he, he that on the, the end of the road tour, he's got two songwriting credits um, on the songs that they're still playing. And he's got, that's more than any other guitar player that was in the band. You could say, depending on what night that Ace would have a couple with, uh, well, if they play Parasite and Cold Gin at the same time. Right, but, right. but my point is, you know, Lick It Up and I Love It Loud are still... But, but iconic, it, it, They're iconic Kiss songs. They're, they're definitely uh, right up there. I mean, he just seems like a dude that keeps shooting himself in the foot. He gets all these opportunities. You know, he gets back in there. Oh, I'm not saying he's a good person at all. Oh, no, we know that firsthand. Because, you know, if you had an opportunity to, to write with these guys... I mean, you would think that that would be the most important priority because they don't seem like they're too difficult to get along with. I, I, I've never seen that side of them. I've seen them in, you know, where they're all, you know, I, I did their, um, uh, that town hall, you know, they right. remind me of, they remind me of the Ramones because the Ramones were the most four different individuals you ever wanted to see, but they were in a band together. I felt that way with Kiss, like they're for the most, you know, and even Eric Singer was asking them questions, which I found very interesting, like, oh, really? Well, what about that? Like, because, you know, there's a little bit of that fan in Eric still. And mm -hmm. I guess when the opportunity comes, he likes to, you know, find out some information, too. But they just reminded me of four different personalities, referring to the Thayer, Singer, Gene and Paul thing. Um, you know, so uh, you, you would think that they're not difficult to get along with. You know, if you're writing songs and you're getting paid well, why would you why would you fuck that up? You know, keep in mind, too, we talked about how great revenge is. Who'd they yeah, bring back awesome. for that? Who'd yeah. they bring back for that? They brought Vinny back Vinny Vincent. They brought yeah. back Vinny. There's but, a reason that didn't that didn't happen on accident. It's, but there's all there's also a reason they didn't bring Vinny back into the. No, band. no, I'm, I'm down with all that. But my point is, when they needed some sugar in the coffee, they knew who to get. No, and I, to totally. And, 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 and Keith, my, my point to Mark about Vinny saving Kiss and writing great songs is if, if Lick It Up was released as it is, but Kiss still had the makeup on, I don't think anybody would have heard those songs. I Nobody agree. would have paid attention to them. MTV wouldn't have touched it. Radio wouldn't have touched it. The only reason they got attention was first and foremost because they took the makeup off, but then they did have to have great songs to follow it up. And they did, they were fortunate about that. But again, if Lick It Up was a full makeup album like Creatures, I think it would have been the death nail to, to Kiss. I think it would have been over as a band at that point because everybody would have said, you've gone too far. We don't care about the show. We don't care about the makeup. That that was that was a huge monkey on their back that they had to get rid of they saved they saved their careers by doing it you know tied into how big uh, of a format mtv was at that point and and for them to get the premiere and then playing the video and you know it, it got people excited again you know it brought a lot of people maybe I, I caught back up on creatures of the night but there was a lot of other people i forgot about them that saw that and they kind of looked cool for the times and they were still young enough where they kind of fit in with a lot of the bands that were still coming up you know they were in their 30s right but mm -hmm. they they held up pretty well so the image was still cool and you know paul stanley's a good looking dude he's out there he's rocking he stayed in shape i mean 
so they, they got themselves probably a whole other generation of people that went back, you know, like to us, as we were discussing timeline earlier, you know, those, those records mean everything to us, but I'm sure there was a, the next phase that caught on from there. And uh, it's interesting when you go see Kiss now and you see dads that are in their forties and their thirties and their fifties with the kids and they know all the words too. I mean, they really have keep infecting generations. I think they're one of those bands that, and I, you know, when I say it's, I, I don't think they'll ever tour again, but I think that that New Year's Eve thing might become a ritual every year, like how they played on New Year's Eve. At the I, 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 I agree. I mean, I think, listen, Gene and Paul are, are smart businessmen. They know that the Kiss name and brand has got a lot of money tied to it. And will they do world tours? No, but they will do special shows, I'm sure. They might do a short run at a Vegas residency for one month. Um, you know, there's no, there's no stress on you doing a Vegas residency. You just come out of your hotel room, walk down, play, and go back to your hotel room. Yeah, you know, you it's easy. For a month, go home and get a you know, nice fat paycheck and uh, see you guys in six months or a year. I, yeah, I think this is, when I say end of the road, I think it's the end of the, the road. Yeah, the they're, road. they're not going on the road. From now on, if you want to see Kiss, you're going to have to come to see Kiss wherever they are. Yeah, I think Dubai or, or pay-per-view or whatever the case, something like that every year. I could yep. something like yep. that going on. But, uh, you know. Well, Keith, so so before you run, what do you want to plug? You know, what, you know, your your shows? Are you doing any upcoming events? Uh, well, you know, things are starting to get back to normal. I mean, uh, you know, if people want to check out my band, we've made a lot of records. The last two records we're really proud of. Uh, Main Man Records are available everywhere, Amazon, wherever you buy records from, you know, cool independent record stores, Intermediary uh, Stage and uh, The Blunt Truth. Uh, I'm in a, a band that you'll all, that you are very well aware of, but the announcement is not going to come for a few months, but uh, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, I have a film that's on Amazon Prime called Let Me Down Hard. Um, and, uh, you know, come see Frankenstein 3000 or uh, any of the other projects I do, you know, Come out and check it. We have an, another band with Bob from Monster Magnet and Bobby from Acid, a new band called Space Panther, and our debut record's coming out on November 23rd. Very 70s sweet. Uh, ooh, we really, ooh, we really I like come, that. We, we conjured up 1973 big time. So, I mean, uh, the record's done. It's, uh, you know, it's coming out on. Look uh, at that. Right handy, sitting next to me. All of us was. Uh... One of my this favorite. Is one of the later day ones. You should, get Andy, you should get Andy Scott on your show, man. He'd love to do it. You know, I, are you kidding me? All right, fuck. I, matter of fact, I don't know if you know Martin Popoff just wrote a really great, sweet retrospective book. I, that, that's one of my favorite bands. They're, they can do no wrong. I love them. And, I, I just oh looked Andy, uh, Andy a few months ago. They have a new uh, de, uh, Isolation Boulevard they put out. Yeah. Which, which yeah. Was good. And uh, sadly, uh, the passing of Steve Priest, I got to see that yeah. before he uh, passed away. Um, but, you know, he, Andy, that, that, that version of Sweet that he's got is musically is as, and I, it's, it's tough for me to say this, but musically as good as the classic Sweet. The I, I tell you, off the record, that record does not get the due. That record is phenomenal start to finish. Don't get me wrong, the American Desolation Boulevard, which is essentially Sweet Fanny Adams. I mean, you probably know all that. Yeah, but yeah. off the record is like so primal and great and bombastic and fun. And that record didn't really do all that well. And that first side, what was on there? Hellraiser was on that, right? No, no, no. I'm, this is after that. Oh. This had Stairway to the Stars. Right. Um, oh Christ. Okay. You know, this is where I get. This is where I get, start showing my fucking age. It's like I've got all this music in there. 
It was the one before Love is Like Oxygen, right? Level-headed? The, yeah, the one, yes, the one before that. And it, it just... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Give Us a Wink. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, so that's the one that's got action on it. And, right. uh, um, you know, look, they're they're just, they're the shit, man. That, that band, I don't know how they... Well, I do now when you read back. I mean, uh, they had problems with Brian and you know they they were going to start touring and then they didn't i mean they were all over the radio you know mid-70s. Oh my God. i mean you think i mean fox on the run i mean i was on every 15 minutes on new york radio back when yes, i was a kid. ballroom blitz and then ballroom you know blitz. like you said uh, Action, uh 16s uh, yeah the 16s they, 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 they are a band that gets credited with influencing so many Queen. major bands that people oh, yeah, yeah you want to talk about you want that's a big thing with me matter of fact uh the vocal thing queen got from the suite absolutely yes queen, absolutely freddie mercury and those guys definitely listened to a lot of sweet records i mean yes they were so influential yes. so i mean i think gene simmons said no sweet no kiss right didn't he oh, say so? very much so. They, they were trying to get, and really the, the one band, I remember the first time I heard uh, uh, Too Fast for Love, I thought it was sides three and four of, of Desolation Boulevard. You know, was, it was like, was oh my, ride. they were, oh my God, yes. Oh my God. Man, you are invited back anytime, by the way. This has been a total joy. I love talking we'll, we'll, to We'll, we'll music totally team. go off the rails. We don't even have to talk, Kiss. We're more than happy to <laughs> tell you, Michael, you're absolutely right when you said, hey, it's a bunch of guys talking music. The time's going to go by quick, and you're absolutely right. I felt like yeah. I've been on the, you know, rap with you guys for five minutes. And uh, Mark, I just got to say, with Detroit, my favorite place for rock and roll, I say it, any place that gave us the Stooges, the MC5, Grand Funk Railroad, Motown and the Amboy Dukes is is definitely doesn't get much better than that, you know. It is, man. I talk about it all the time uh, on the show here too. It, here we had, at one time we had four rock stations. I mean, we just got beat over the head with the stuff. You couldn't help but fall in love with everything. And you know, um, like I said, you know, Cream just championed Kiss and Aerosmith and Ted Nugent, and mm -hmm. you know, they they just gave us what I wanted. When Rolling Stone magazine wanted to give us, you know whatever folk rock or whatever cream was going nah here's the ramones <laughs> and reading reviews on lou reed records and all these other Correct. stuff i mean uh, you know the funny thing is when i was a kid reading cream magazine i always wanted to have a boy howdy beer i thought that's like that's when you made it man when you find that magic case of boy howdy and uh, the photographer bob gruen you know bob oh yes yeah, he's been on our show uh, oh right so he's one of the nicest guys a friend of mine for so many years and I was at his studio. I told him that story and he goes, I'll be right back. And he came back and in his filing cabinet, he had a bunch of those boy howdy stickers where hold, whatever. Hold on one second. Oh, yeah. I've got one. Oh, you got one. Did Bob? Mark, Mark, Mark's got everything. I could see. He's quite a collector right there. His whole basement is nothing but Kiss, Deep Purple, Aerosmith. Hermetically you, got sealed. Cool, uh, you got the cool uh, gold records behind you. Yeah. I'm oh, not yeah. going <laughs> to give up on those. Yeah. This is a. Uh... Can you see that? Yeah, I can see it. The boy howdy beer. In, in yeah, the this is an actual one. This was in the the photos um, with Fastway when they did there. So this one's from the early '80s. That is awesome. Yeah, but it's a it's a genuine one. Wow! So, Look at that! Look at that! So that ain't the it, sticker one. That ain't the correct. Sticker. This well, no, this, they they still wrap just cans. That's what they did it with. But this is this is one that was in. The, the actual picture in the magazine. In an actual ad. But you, uh, yes. did they, I haven't seen the documentary yet, and I know the guy that oh, did it. Was so it great? good. Oh, so good. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I went to the I went to the world. Well, the, the they I got to see it in a theater here um, downtown Detroit. Um, when it when it debuted here, let me tell you that that movie. And I, a real quick story before you go, you know, being that this is a Kiss podcast, but it was an older crowd. I mean, I'm at the time I was 54 because it was 2019. So, and I'm waiting for Kiss to show up, and I'm like, God, are all these older? They were older than me. A lot of people in the audience. That place erupted as soon as the you know as soon as they showed Kiss. I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> because I was worried that they were going to be just you know a bunch of Stooges fans or you know something else. And uh, we, we, I, we, I we, I didn't go because he did a premiere in New York. And that was right before the madness uh, happened. You know, I was right in the thick of it when the pandemic kicked in. And sadly, uh, I did a few shows back in March, right before the world shut down. And the last show uh, Hal Wilner did, he passed away a couple weeks later from the uh, from COVID. Every year we do the Lou Reed tribute at the Bowery Electric. And uh, that was devastating because the show was on March 1st and he passed away a few weeks later. Uh, but that premiere that, um, oh my God, Scott. Uh, Scott Crawford. Scott Crawford, you know, Washington guy. I mean, he's a buddy. Uh, invited me, and I didn't get a chance to go. And it was right around that time, and I regret it. But I we, will we, we we've had a couple of the cream writers on the show over the years. We had uh, Robert Duncan on, who mm-hmm. wrote wrote the first Kiss book, and then we've had uh, Jan Uhelski. Wow, wow. You know, and and Jan, she was an amazing interview. I mean, the stories she was sharing. Cause she was the one, you know, that got up famously on stage with kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you know, you talk about cream. I mean, the seven 11 where, where <laughs> in New Jersey, when I was li- living in New Jersey, we knew when the trucks would come to drop off the magazines, like what night of the week. So we would, there was a white castles right there. So we would you know, go out and drink and uh, go to white and wait around till the trucks came in with the new cream magazine, because that's the information we had back then. Right. Yep, we didn't, that was, our exactly. that was it. That was, that was how we learned about bands. We had Friday nights. We had the midnight special. We had Don Kirshner on Saturday and everything else. It was about people hanging with people and buying records. And I'm really glad about the vinyl resurrection because it's such a cool thing that record stores are popping back up and people are listening to music the way it should be heard. And that, that's a beautiful thing that is happening. You know, one of the yep. positive things in the music industry. Amen, man. We were so lucky, weren't we? To, oh, to grow yeah. up when we did. I, you know, I have two kids, so it's like, you know, hey, they, they, they have fun, but it's not like the fun we had. I wouldn't trade that in for anything, man. Well, no. it's fun. My 25-year-old daughter um, sent me a picture. She was with her and her boyfriend going out with her boyfriend's family and on the boat, and she needed a shirt to wear over it. So she sent me a picture of, of her in my 1985 fly-on-the-wall ACDC shirt. Nice. <laughs> and, nice. and she goes, look, Dad, I stole this from you. And and I'm like, honey, that's 10 years older than you are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a so, topic for another discussion because I love that ACDC record. I, you know what, that one, that was the first time that I think any rust happened because half of it, Shake Your Foundations, the title track, right. half of it, I think is fucking brilliant. The yeah. other half, eh. But I tell you what, I, the one I really love, I just wish, I just wish that Mutt would have stuck around is uh is is flick of the switch oh that's a great record you talk it's about- a great record but the production is yeah, it's, it's raw it's it, raw don't get me wrong i love it i love all the songs but boy it's it, i talk about timeline 
when we when you go from for those about to rock and you know spellbound and inject the venom that shit was just that was awesome and then you know don't look at wrong i love deep in the hole i love you know i love all that stuff but the production was just night and day no i get that and you know that's another thing too but for those about to rock following up one of the most iconic records in rock history i thought they did an incredible job you know? i did too I mean, like, I know it tailed down a little bit, but I mean, what a great follow-up and the pressure that they had to make that album. Yeah. I thought they delivered the goods. And I thought they came through with the writing. I thought Angus and Malcolm came up with some great riffs for a flick of the switch, but, you know. But if you were Brian, didn't you feel shortchanged that they, they put fucking Dirty Deeds out in between that? That was really perplexing. Wasn't man. it? That was crazy. I mean, I had, I wish I had my my vinyls in my studio. Oh, I, look, dude, I'm surrounded by, I know exactly what you're talking about. This room's getting rebuilt, but I mean, I had the original, you know, after uh, get, my first ACDC uh, was was Powerage. I mean, and I, I thought, to me, that's my favorite record that they ever made, Powerage. I, I love that album. But I went back in an independent record store. I bought the Dirty Deeds record with the jailbreak on it. So. Yep. I knew it, you know, and then all of a sudden, hey, new ACDC record, and it's Bon Scott, who sadly isn't with us anymore, and I was like, it was just weird, but I guess they felt there was enough strong things on there, and then they left out Jailbreak, like, you know. That I'm was like, weird. That was weird, like, you know, who are these guys thinking? I guess the cocaine ran out at that meeting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Keith, this this has been awesome, and oh, yeah, we, 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 we could go on for hours here just talking about rock and roll and no doubt man. got Let's a standing just, yeah. invite to just you know brain dump on rock and roll and hard rock and metal and we don't uh, even care if it's not about kiss oh uh, you know i love kiss so you know it's always got to be you know the theme of things with your shows but that uh, with your show but thank you so much for having me on and you know i'd love to come back anytime you guys are awesome i really love uh, anytime keith thank you so much man have a great day great week and once again you guys rock man all right take care so you love the show go to itunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of three sides of the coin thanks that is exactly the kind of show i so love when we do i mean I, I, I kind of knew going into this because of who Keith is and what he does that we would probably have some cool rock talk, but that, that was as good as I could have hoped for. I mean, we just, just scratched the surface. We can sit for, uh, I, that's the kind of guy I want to be sitting next to in the air, in the airplane on a trip across country. Oh, exactly. A 14 hour oh flight over, over the ocean you could just talk so much rock and roll and this album and that band and this tour. And yeah. I, I love it when people are in deep into this stuff as we are, because mm -hmm. let's, let's face it. There's some people like ACDC is five songs, you know, and, and, and that's it. They, well, they, but, but you know, what's great about us and, and the guests we have on is there's, there's nothing wrong with thinking that. And, the, what we've got going here is nobody comes in and forces that opinion on us when we're doing our shows. It's like, you know, as, Hey, just as we talked about here, you guys are going off on Judas priest. And I'm like, Hey, turbo is all I love. And you're like, okay, whatever. But it wasn't like you sat there and like, well, F you brand old, yeah. you know, that's what I love about three sides is we, 
can sit here and I mean, you guys are going off on the Rolling Stones. I've said it before. I'm not the biggest Rolling Stones fan. I'm just not. But it doesn't bother me. And I'm not going to go off on you because you do. And you're not going off on me because I don't love them. That's what makes a great rock and roll conversation, in my opinion, is when whoever you're talking to can sit back and go, hey, whatever. If that's what you love, you love it. I love this. That, that, that's what makes such a cool conversation. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. He's, he's, he's my kind of guy. It was, all, you know, it's funny though, too, because, you know, I've listened to his show tons of times, especially back when I had Sirius and my wife still does. Um, but, you know, like I said, I used to love listening to Stern. And then when he was over, I'd flip over to Boneyard and I, I don't know, Stern isn't, it's like watching the view now. I, I yeah. I mean, I, I haven't listened to Stern and I don't know how long. And I, I literally alternate between either um, Boneyard or Ozzy's Boneyard or Hair Nation. And it all depends on my mood because lately it's all been Ozzy's Boneyard because Ozzy's Boneyard is more on the heavier side of the rock. Hair Nation is your poisons, your warrants, your 80s kiss. You still get a lot of kiss on there. But, you, you know, that's what's cool about Sirius XM. You got both these channels and between the two of them, they cover everything. Yeah. When I do listen, I, I usually flip, obviously Boneyard's my number one. I like uh, little Steven station, uh, the garage rock. I like that a lot. I like seventies on seven for obvious reason. Yeah. That's a great um, station. Um, that's pretty much, pretty much it with me. It's funny because the, the hair metal one is too hair metal for me. And, the and the, what's octane then the other heavy metal o is octane too, is a little more. Uh, yeah. The I, 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 new metal is what I would call it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause if I'm flipping through, I'll, you know, I, I, the occasional visit to those two, just to see what they're playing. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I avoid them like the play to be honest. I mean, like, so just, just Liz has it in her car. Yeah, I still have my, I think I've got close to 40,000 songs on my iPod or whatever it is. So I don't need, <laughs> need too much of satellite enough to, to keep me busy. But yeah, but anyways, I, you know, whenever I do, I, I, I always enjoy Keith. I mean, he's been there, been on there forever and ever and ever. Yep. So, uh, yep. What a great guy. I was very happy that we got to talk to him and really look for, hopefully he wants to come back. It seems like he does. I, I really welcome back anytime. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, and by all means, give, give listen, listen to Keith on Sirius XM, send in your requests, tell him you heard him on three sides. Um, he's definitely, I mean, you can tell he loves just Kiss. pick he some loves decent fucking songs. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't request <laughs> love gun, please don't request rock and roll all night. You, you know, if that's what you want to hear, you tune into your classic rock station in your, in your city, you know, Sirius XM, go deep i mean even if it's hair nation don't request tears are falling don't request lick it up go for on the eighth day or, or king of the mountain king of the mountain or yeah no 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 i mean go deeper even into the 80s stuff i mean that's that's what's cool and as he said they they do they they will go deeper every once in a while you're like yeah they're they're playing some stuff you haven't heard dare i say they'll go balls deep if you <laughs> Mm, mm good. 
Where's Lisa when you need her? I know, Ooh. I know. Um, all right. So um, yeah, be sure to check out Keith. Let him know you 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 heard him on three sides of the coin. And uh, real quick, don't forget uh, Tommy and Kyle's auction, July 9th. Bruce Kulik, special guest at Tommy's house. They're going to have all sorts of limited edition photos, special auction. I mean, you know, check our Facebook pages. We're going to, we've got information up there, but um, follow Tommy, follow uh, Kyle, Kiss Live Auctions. Um, Bruce Kulik's doing a special auction with, with, Tommy and Kyle. It's very, it's going to be very one of a cool. kind Bruce Kulik stuff. You want to get something really cool from Bruce. That's the place you want to go. So, yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe Tommy will invite the horses in while Bruce is there. <laughs> fans, fans love it when the, the, his horses show up and stick their heads in through the windows. Um, and of course, if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, Follow us if you are on iTunes, subscribe. And of course, don't forget we're on Twitch and everywhere else you can on what? watch. Twitch. In Bedra. Twitch. <laughs> Twitch. Sir, I can't not do that. And uh, that's it. I don't think we got a guest lined up, but let me tell you, I'm working on a whole bunch of guests. Ooh, and, and, and trust me, you're going to want to stick around. And, and, and if they confirm, Oh, Mark's going fanboy many oh, times over. Oh, oh yeah. I, matter <laughs> of fact, I'm going to have to bring in tissues. I'll be crying. I'll be so excited. So, and 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 we're going to have to go uh, go after Andy Scott now. Oh, oh, are you kidding? I got my matter of fact right over there. I got. My, I will. Uh, I will. I will add collection. him to my list to track down. Um, all right, that's it, everybody. Three seconds. Hold on. Your homework is to go oh, listen homework. to yes to to off the record my sweet and tell me that's not one of the greatest albums that's one of those records it's like that album's perfect it's great but it didn't do anything i don't know how it got lost in the shuffle well i kind of do they couldn't tour and all that kind of stuff but man when they put that fucking record out late 70s just classic i hard i, rock I, I would stuff. just i would expand that homework of Go check out any of the 70s albums that Sweet released. I mean, mm -hmm. listen to that and tell me they did not influence Kiss. Uh, you know, and, and there's more than one album from the 70s that if you listen to from the Sweet, you're going to go, holy shit. This is, this is pop metal perfection. Power well, pop. You know, the, yeah, the, the American version of Desolation Boulevard you know, ballroom blitz. I mean, you know, Fox yeah. on the run classic. Yeah. Just the classic. Best of the best. So yeah. Homework, go check out the suite. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're a listener of, of, of Keith and Sirius XM as well. That's it. We'll see everybody next week.